Good day and welcome to the first initial podcast of Crystal Radio's There You Go Again. My name is Brian Sr. from the Mother Catholic Class of 2015, and it's my distinct honor and pleasure to bring this first opening segment to you. I'm joined by Mr. Andrew Ward. Good afternoon. Mr. Cole Ivine. Good afternoon. And Mr. Brian Murphy. Good afternoon. Today at Malden Catholic, as we're fil- as we're recording this, excuse me, on March 7, 2013, it's a stormy afternoon, an afternoon which some might say is synonymous with the climate for political discourse. So, without further ado, we will begin our first uh, checkpoint of discussion: current events, North Korea. A lot's been happening lately with North Korea in the in the news. We've learned that. They are closer to, they are close and currently working on nuclear weaponry. They have nuclear weaponry. And have promised or committed themselves to making an attack on the United States of America on our own soil. Something unprecedented in the 21st century. Is, is this something you're, you're seriously worried about? Is a North Korean attack on us? This is what I want to say about North Korea. I'll tell you what I'm going to say. President Obama... If there is a nuclear attack on this country, if there is a threat of a nuclear attack on this country, President Obama needs to step up. He needs to take care of the problem. And I'm telling you, Pong Yang is going to be sorry. It's difficult to take them seriously at this point in time, though. They've made empty threats repeatedly, and we haven't seen any results. With a very, very unlikely possibility of a... Uh, ICBM being capable of striking the United States. Well, Brian and Cole, the fact of the matter is that you say they're... Ryan and Cole, the fact of, excuse me, the fact of the matter is that while you contend that the North Koreans may be acting in a facetious manner, we don't take any nuclear threats, jokingly, that are put against us that may potentially occur on our own soil. In addition, Dennis Rodman, a former bad boy, I suppose you could say, NBA basketball player, has journeyed to North Korea and spoke with the leadership. Yeah, well, I do agree that it's slightly embarrassing that Dennis Rodman knows more about North Korea than our television system does, so. Yes, also. <laughs> Mr. Tattoos. The thing yes. that what we need to worry about is not a long-range missile strike from North Korea. North Korea is a rogue government. Mm-hmm. You have these people. They have nuclear material. You have active nuclear weapons in that country. Have they actually? And you have an al- you have an active Al Qaeda in this they, world. Have they detonated well, are you, are their you, own device? They have multiple they times. Under they've tested it in recent times. It's not it's not it's not well, a credible threat at this point in time. It just can't be seen. I'm as tell- they will the only credible threat to, the only credible Al-Qaeda. threat at this time of reaching American soils through a port is striking an American port through yes. cargo, Terrorist which attack. which is which is still also. Unlikely. Now, that is unlikely, and it's a fair contention, but it's a necessity, an absolute requirement for the government, particularly President, President Obama, his cabinet, and the leadership, to take seriously any potential threat. Well, no matter you, how untouchable and I do we not, feel that we are, we need to look into this issue. Well, I propose, propose a forced entry, disarmament of their nuclear facilities, now we, as we, we saw should with, what happened. As we should we with Iran. Now, that may be slightly premature. Yeah. It's not premature when they have detonated live nuclear weapons. They have the technology. They may not have they a have ballistic missile. Technology. Also, I, they do. I recommend diplomacy some, first. I'll tell you the delivery, uh, the delivery 
uh, that they're going to use. They're going to sell a nuclear weapon to Al-Qaeda, which is active in this world. I don't care what the president says. I don't care what his cabinet says. There is active Al-Qaeda in this er on this world. And they want to kill Americans. I think, and if North Korea has the modes to killing them, they're going to get it. I th I think first we sh we shouldn't be only concerned with the United States, but our ally South Korea, in which North Korea has uh, shown intentions yeah, to break uh, to break say, the armistice yes. with South if Korea. If we're going to say someone's in immediate danger, it's South it, it's Korea. So North I I do I do think I do think I do think diplomacy would be necessary, but I would lean more with Andrew in that. I think. Uh, Action would be necessary. No, I'm not ready for a full, at this point in time. You want I'm not, to force I'm not suggesting a full Korea. force attack. Yeah, so I think some sort of military action. Now, so, gentlemen, I think we can concur that while this threat may not be imminent at the very moment, we should probably consider looking into well, it. We consider, but the force entry—that seems like a, it's a bit. Well, I disagree. I, I, I believe that the United Nations has a right to force entry. But well, yes, the United Nations, we turn to diplomacy first. I turn you to the just exactly. war doctrine, which states that nations must exhaust all other avenues prior to engaging in military or physical contact with another nation. And can you say we've done that yet? Have we exhausted every other possible option? Huh. We sent Dennis Rodman. That worked. Well, that was, <laughs> that was our best, most successful diplomacy trip to North Korea ever. Oh, Maybe yeah. now we turn to new Secretary of State, a former senator who hails from our very commonwealth, to execute uh, and invoke his long career of diplomatic relations and maybe work something out with the North Koreans because Kim Jong-un Kim Jong has even stated, and I'm not sure how true this is, if it's propaganda, but I believe I saw it on Hannity, a very reputable source and mm, show, I as know we know. That. Uh, that, I would disagree. <laughs> that King Kim Jong-il, excuse me, is open to a discussion with President Obama and, I quote, he wants him to call him. I think we've definitely seen, though, that his... Call him, maybe. I th that North Korea under Kim Jong-un is beyond diplomacy in some respects in their mm. disregard for uh, the needs and the the reaching out of other countries to, to reach diplomacy. They are truly the only, only communist authoritarian regime we have left that remains cut off from and they've the they've even rubbed they've even rubbed the wrong way against their ally china which shows mm -hmm. you their dis their complete i think lack of diplomacy chinese they talk about communist china you're talking about capitalist china today there is no there is communism in china but it is in its least pure form correct yeah that needs everything, to come into that needs to go said, to north korea north korea i give them then they're just not a credible threat this time. They they have not shown me that they're something to be seriously worried about. Just they make plenty of empty threats, and I haven't seen any results. Uh, from yes, they, they they I would agree that there's many empty threats. So shifting gears, also in recent news, just yesterday into last night or early into this early morning, morning, we might yes. say, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, the Tea Partyist from Kentucky engage in an old-fashioned filibuster, which essentially is, for those of you who don't know, he uh, his motive was to stall the confirmation vote on uh, CIA director nominee Jack Brennan. It lasted 13 hours. Quite a daunting task, and he was also joined with some help from senators like Ted Cruz. Yes. Texas. 
Interesting point about Rand Paul's uh, filibuster. In the past, in the past, uh, senators who had wanted to do a filibuster, they would take a book, a large book, and read the book through. Some have Senator even Paul, been known to read Shakespeare. Senator Paul made <laughs> a <laughs> Senator Paul made a conscious effort to make a speech dedicated to our Constitution against the Obama administration drone strikes in the United States on our citizens. How do you guys feel about that? Want to go first? I kind of have a slightly controversial view on that, so we'll probably start off with Cole. We should open up with controversy. Uh, we'll, we'll start off with... I, I think no holds barred controversy no wise barred. on this show. We discuss everything that will move our nation forward. This this power that he's should be granting himself is is not it's an it's a last ditch effort. It's if all else fails. That's what was said over and over again. This is not going to be a regular thing if it even happens at all. But isn't it commendable that Senator Paul, somebody who only has a tenure lasting 3 years, would have the courage in the audacity to stand before some of the most elitist and privileged peoples of all of America and speak his mind in a relevant fashion about the United States Constitution and the Obama administration's blatant disregard for the rights of citizens on our own soil. As Senator Paul said last night, the president has no right to be the judge, jury, and executioner. There are times when time is a critical, it's a factor. So to be waiting for the entire process to go through, the attack could have taken place already. It could be too late. Now, with respect to drones, drones are something that have been pushed under the rug very frequently in this administration. It's something we'll discuss further throughout the show. All right, we'll be right back with more. There you go. Welcome back to Crystal Radio's There You Go Again. We're going to finish our segment about drone strikes. Yes or no drone strikes. Cool. I, I cool. think with, with an imminent terrorist strike or an imminent terrorist threat, I think we should be able to use whatever tools we have at our disposal. And However, it definitely shouldn't be lenient. But I do think that we, there should be the right to have drones on American soil. Once you engage in activities of the sort that would be creating the need for these drone strikes, you've essentially forfeited your rights as an American citizen. So I don't really see any issue with authorizing drone strikes in that um, situation. Ryan makes a very profound point in that any domestic terrorist who calls themselves an American has essentially stripped themselves of the title at the very second that they decide to launch an attack on the beautiful United States of America. It's unacceptable, it's abominable, and it should not be tolerated. However, the idea that the American government may exercise drones on a speculative manner using imaginary facts is not acceptable also. So we need to look into this the well, writing's take, on the wall. It takes a second, maybe technically, the bill, but w I think the power needs to be there in some, in some sense. Of course. I, that is a good, I think there should be the option to. Well, briefly alluding to gun control, very briefly. In other civilized nations, police are armed 
with very powerful automatic weapons. And it's very frightening to know that there are criminals in our streets who can outarm the police who are supposed to be protecting us. And they are valiant, but uh, a 9mm against a an automatic weapon, I don't think it, it stacks up. All right, we can we can talk about we, that. We Next Let's save gun control. Drone strikes for me on American soil, on American citizens. Well, our, fr- our friend threat. Ryan just said that they have stripped themselves of their American rights. Okay. Yeah. But on I, traditional, I, I on guess a, maybe on you your quote, quote, quote not, beautiful not America. They're not taking this lightly. They're not doing it many times. They're, they're going to be meticulous about this process to decide if the strike should okay, take place. Okay, Ryan, so something you don't like, something they don't like right now. Drone comes through that window. How do you feel about it? It's not, that's not how it's working. You're, you're oversimplifying you're, you're, this yeah, for your own needs. The government has the power to do that. See, that's it just doesn't a matter. It goes broader. Okay, broader so you're, so you're obviously against I, the drones. Mr. Let's Ward move on. Mr. Ward raises a good point. That once the government has something in their realm, which is so drastic, something that can be so destructive to one of their own citizens... It can and we have be no problem using far. on other citizens without enemies of the United States. My enemies and terrorists on our own soil are methods. enemies of the United They're States. They're enemies. They're enemies. I agree. So how are you but I'm talking, and maybe this is unfair or unjust to dub the title traditional criminals. But so long as it is used against a domestic terrorist, I have no problem. But using it against somebody who commits a crime. Oh, I agree. I don't think that's but acceptable. But that's not what they're all. proposing. I'd like to make a point here. The same party. Who is in favor of trying terrorists, foreign terrorists, mind you, in American court of law with American rights, and that is willing to forfeit the rights of an American citizen, is now and hit them with a drone strike? Hypocritical. What? Completely. I think again. I think think again. You're extending the argument. You're extending the argument to ridiculous heights. You're making it sound and like we're going to be using it more frequently than the Okay, you're we being hypocritical. You're 9-11 terrorists in New York City with full they're, rights. They're all dead. They, they're full, on the plane. I don't find that funny. Full rights in an American court of law in New York City. And an American citizen gets hit with a drone. Okay, now you're being hypocritical yourself if because you ludicrous. stated, if you stated. anything is ludicrous. You state, excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Cole, Senior. I have a, a excuse me, Mr. Point. Senior. If anything I, is ludicrous, it's to put the Al-Qaeda terrorists, terrorists not only to the Americans who lost their lives on their own soil, just on a regular day of work or meandering but that's, through again, excuse you're me, the capital to, of the world, New York City, to place that on the same platform. You're extending it to observed levels. You're being though. hypocritical. As an American citizen, excuse me, is as close to despicable as anything I can imagine. You're being hypocritical frankly, within yourself because you stated yourself that anyone, American or not, who wants to make a strike against quote beautiful America. You said has stripped themselves of their I own American that, rights, right? but, but now you're saying, saying that now once you're this saying, is in the hands of the government, it becomes dangerous. It's difficult to regulate, and who makes the final call? Who, get, who gets Obama behind the Obama in the Oval? Well, then that's All why right. there needs to be another look. I at the don't bill. trust the government bureaucrats to make these deadly decisions. All right, let's move on to the special election. How many special? Two special elections in the last three years in Massachusetts. Very exciting. Enthralling and exhilarating. All right. So and we have we have a very active race. We'll start with the Democrats. We have Congressman Stephen F. Lynch, Congressman since 2001, native of South Boston, followed in the footsteps of his father. He was an iron worker. 
First, uh, I don't know. First Labor member activists. in his family. First degree. First member in his family to not only obtain an undergraduate degree, but to go to law From school Wentworth. at night. The youngest president ever of the local seven, I believe, iron workers when he was 30, 30 years, years old. old. Yes. yes. He, he went on from Wentworth to B.C., got his law degree, went on to Harvard's Kennedy School, got his Master of Public Administration, first a state rep, then a state senator, in a 14th-month period, became a state senator in a special election. Now he's running for U.S. Senate. And this, fellas, is somebody who grew up in the what many would say the terror of the old colony projects in South Boston, a place where many people for many years have thought that they were stationary and just marking time. But the fact is that Stephen Lynch accomplished remarkable things over the course of his life, and many people say President Obama is the epitome of the realization of the American dream. I would contend that Congressman Stephen Lynch fits the bill as well. He's, his growing up has definitely affected his political views, and he is a strong labor activist, which I think will give him good standing in Massachusetts against his... Uh, running the person he's running against, Ed Markey, uh, Malden Catholic alum himself. Class of '64 plus ultra. Also, <laughs> also a uh, member of Congress since 1976, mind you. Talk about a Washington insider. <laughs> Native of Malden, Massachusetts. <laughs> so I, I assume you, if you were to back one, you would pick Lynch. Correct. Tentatively, my Democratic candidate is Stephen Lynch. Yes, I, I would also I would also side with Stephen Lynch. Um, but one one notable thing about Ed Markey uh, is that his work in the um, post nine eleven in Congress, the post nine eleven uh, air cargo um, legislation, he pioneered. Yes. So I think uh, Lynch. I think it would be the better fair in. Uh, the better fairing. In a general. Yeah. But how do you respond to the fact that in a primary, you generally see the extremes or the more hardcore Correct. party lines? Correct. Well, and in a recent poll, which I think is highly biased, seeing how it was conducted by a, a, a greenist. I, I was but also thinking... On, the, the, way, the way to get elected in this country to any office is to pick a side... way to get elected in Massachusetts. In, in Massachusetts. You have to appeal to, to pick a side and get to as far to that side as you possibly can. Especially in the state Do the shift you. back, the classic shift. My Mitt Romney's, I'm a severe conservative, to I'm the Massachusetts moderate. Well, that's that the only way. That's the only way Washington. you can get funded. I, you know, you have Stephen Lynch, uh, moderate Democrat, moderate fiscally, moderate on health care, did not vote for the president's health care bill uh, in favor of unions. And he's proud of it. He doesn't shy away from that. Which is commendable. First thing, I, I did some research last night, look, visited their uh, senatorial websites for the first time. Very personable. Very nice websites, by the way. Clicked on uh, <laughs> Congressman Markey. Jobs in the economy, first line. We've come a long way since the Bush-era recession that brought our economy to the brink of collapse. Later going on, we have made huge strides with President Obama and congressional Democrats to solve this problem. First thing I clicked on uh, Congressman Lynch's website, talking about he, how he does not support, it would not vote for President Obama's health care law. We need more people. We don't need surrogate Elizabeth Warren, surrogate Obama. 99% party line. Party line and surrogate Congressman Markey in the Senate house. Yep. I, would, I would agree, and I think that's another reason Lynch has a lot going for him. He's more uh, impressionable to Republicans 
Uh, also, I'm not a fan of Markey's attention to uh, policies and legislation having to deal with the environment. I I would say mm-hmm. that's not it's a priority. Issue right now. Cole, it's not a priority. Cole raises a brilliant point. I, Brian Sr., a known staunch Republican, <laughs> am considering crossing party lines to, to campaign for Stephen Lynch. He's a great fella. I hope that he gets through the primary. I think he'd be a formidable candidate in the general. Mm-hmm. Let's also remember, this term would only be one year. Yep. You'd have to re- seek re-election for 2014. Almost immediately relaunch your campaign. Now, now let's, talk about, let's talk about the GOP throwing the towel in for this election. I, I, have, a, yeah, I have a question v. to start, to start out with this. All right, let's let Cole uh, start it up for us. Okay, so the former Massachusetts GOP chair, Jennifer Nasser, was quoted saying that for this election, the best opportunity is for a fresh face. Now, would you say that uh, Scott Brown's declining to run has basically made this a lost cause, or do you agree that the best the, the best approach the would be a fresh face? Initially, I will be quite honest and frank with you. I was extremely disappointed that Senator Brown, I almost felt betrayed and abandoned, that as a Massachusetts Republican, somebody who is few and far between, unfortunately, that Scott Brown, our loudest and cherished our most, our loudest and cherished voice for conservative principles executed in a moderate bipartisan fashion would decline to run. But then it occurred to me, when such viable candidates, such as former U.S. Attorney Michael Sullivan, former Navy SEAL Gabriel Gomez, and former Judge and State Rep Dan Winslow announced, it was, it was very reassuring to me, and I almost said, you know what, Scotty? Scott, that's how I refer to him, Scott, <laughs> maybe a future gubernatorial candidate. You can have fun over at Fox News as a commentator. We've all seen how that has worked out yeah. for the Sarah Palins of the world. You'll never and get good luck to coming back again. to Massachusetts. Never. never, never, never. Being on that channel. Are you optimistic about him. this selection? I'm ready yeah. for Charlie Baker in 2014. It's, it's, here we go. We're taking it back. Can you, Beacon Hill, can, here we come. Are you optimistic about this It's no this secret election. that Massachusetts no. uh, political leaning isn't going to be favorable already for the Republicans. And then well, along yes, with your most promising candidate uh, and also the Romney's prominent yeah. Uh, and and his son are not running. Do you feel pessimistic about the election for the Republicans? No, listen, the Republican Party in Massachusetts. We had our heyday in uh, the Weld era. In the Weld, Weld era, Governor Romney, uh, Governor Salucci. I want to say we twenty something years of Republican yes. leadership. We had to come back in uh, 2010 with uh, Senator Brown because he was number 41 against uh, the president's health care bill, and you see how that worked out. Got it by him anyway. Uh, you had this time around 2012. You had an ultra liberal uh, Professor Warren, Senator ultra Warren, liberal, running <laughs> running alongside ultra liberal liberal president, elitist poster girl. Now Scott Brown's often criticized for his Cosmo spread. Give the guy a break. He was paying for law school. I'll defend him on this one. Personally, I would never engage in such an act, but you know, to each his own. But Elizabeth Warren, talk about somebody who's a poster woman. Talk about the a hypocrite. classic, elitist implant professor, trying to instill and implore her warped views on her students for years. She had newly elected Congressman Joseph Kennedy III in her class, where he met his wife. So I guess that's two liberals happily living together, wealthy as ever. Driving a Prius. Might, might be surprised so. to know. I completely agree with you. I do not like Senator Warren. I'm not a fan. Awesome. I Senator Warren, biggest hypocrite in the history of the I also, I need to, I need to I make this point. A woman 
who is the consumer protector, who makes her living with her husband by buying foreclosures, flipping them, and selling them for profit. I, exploitation. Talk about exploitation. People accuse Governor class. Romney. Why don't we look at Senator Warren? I would have I made over three hundred thousand dollars last. I would have liked to see. I would have liked to see a Scott Brown One class. I think the only thing Warren had going for was the fact that Obama's name was at the top of the the there voting ticket. I also would have liked to see Scott Brown, um, especially with the deadlock of Congress that we've experienced. You need, but a, you need a Republican. The end of the story is That's that no, at the end of the day, Elizabeth Warren is in Congress. and She's stuck there for six years. Yeah. Get over it. <laughs> I respect her. I want to meet so with her. Warren, I Warren's, in, yes. Warren's, I Warren's a her. senator. That's the end of the story. But what are, we, what are we looking towards for this coming special election? Just one, one last thing about the special election. Isn't uh, it... We need to talk it, more about isn't this. Isn't it... We do. <laughs> Fellas, this is going to be elaborated upon. It's the sad truth. Now, it, I'm scared personally to ha- th- at the at the possibility of having s- two so radical people that assuming that Edward Markey is elected to the Senate and Elizabeth Warren for at least six years for Elizabeth Warren and one year for Congressman Markey, he's likely not to get unseated once he gains the seat. It doesn't there tend to half. happen with Democrats. Isn't that scary? I. I would, it's scary for the fact that I mean, just do we want to be the Kentucky on climate, the other side of the spectrum? I don't want to see that. In this time, it's not. It's it. It does not bode well. I think with the. the I think with the con- exactly with, with what Ryan's saying. I think with the what we've experienced with Congress, the people's general opinion is that the far reaching to a certain political side is not what the people want. Um, I, I would argue in this state that's what they want. I think yes. Well, I think Senator Warren and obviously and we're Edward in a Markey democratic dominated state. Exactly towards activism for their own respective causes. It's not appropriate to send somebody to the Senate. One hundred people in the country supposedly representing the people mm. from their respective states and commonwealths. To have somebody so far to the left, who really does not fit anybody's views, is not accurate. It's not represent representative and it's truly not fair to the people of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Alright, okay. we, we'll return uh, in just a little bit. We'll discuss further the Republican candidates. We're back right where you left us here on There You Go Again. Now here I go again. Just before we resume <laughs> with our discussion of the Republican candidates, I'd be remiss if I did not speak a little about the exceptional character of Edward Markey. While I certainly, and I mean certainly, disagree with the majority of his political views, it is undisputed that he is an honorable man. I almost feel like uh, Anthony with Brutus and Julius Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) But all jesting aside, Edward Markey is a venerable and honorable man, somebody who I would submit to you never forgot where he came from. What I admire about him most is even though he's a liberal, he's a graduate of Northern Catholic High School, and he's very proud of it. He doesn't shy away from having attended Catholic private schools his entire All his life. life mind, through yeah. Boston College, a uh, double eagle, did he go to BC? Yeah, he went to yeah. law okay. at BC. So, but Edward Markey, every year in Melrose, I hail from Melrose, a great and exceptional city, led by Mayor Robert Dolan, a capable Democrat. 
Uh, Edward Markey comes for th the 36 years he's been in Congress. Every year he's gone to the Victorian Fair. In the past two years, I've greeted him. When I told him I was a student at Malden Catholic, he greeted me openly. We engaged in some political discourse. Additionally, recently we had a quiz bowl, yep. and he attended. He spoke about the importance of education, something that needs to be tackled much more vigorously in Congress, both nationally, statewide, and locally today. He encouraged students to obtain an education, to work hard. He worked as, what was it, an ice cream man? And yep, drove an ice cream truck to fun college. Yes. Lynch and the Republican candidates, frankly. We Republican have a very candidates good also. Extreme. No elitist. It's very yeah. uh, exciting and refreshing. But bottom line, disagree with them policy-wise. More to come as the special election uh, moves forward. So for our Republican candidates, you have Representative Dan Winslow. He was a mass trial court judge eight years, chief legal counsel to Governor Romney. Currently a state representative, hails from Amherst. Uh, graduate of Tufts University and Boston College Law School. He's been a uh, private sector lawyer most of his career. Next, we have U.S. Navy SEAL pilot, uh, excuse me, Navy SEAL officer and Navy pilot, uh, Gabriel Gomez, very honorable man, veteran and private sector worker. Native of Los Angeles, Angeles son of Colombian immigrants, uh, appointed to U.S. Navy Academy, Annapolis, MBA from Harvard Law, from Harvard uh, Business. Harvard Business, excuse me. <laughs> now, uh, referencing military class service, leader, wait, I, I just to point a note, Mr. Ward, and this is disheartening to me, although I said we have a great pool of candidates, only two candidates have engaged in military service. Not surprisingly, the honorable man himself, Congressman Edward Markey, Malden Catholic class of 64, he is a patriotic man, it's undisputed, Mr. Ward. Now... Former Navy SEAL Gabriel Gomez, of course, served his country for nearly yep. nine years in the Navy. Third on the Republican side. If you want to that add doesn't four years to that, candidates, though. I think if former anything, I think it does. I think it strengthens them because they'll be waving the bloody shirt saying we've served, and that will definitely... No, I'm saying there's a week in the non... The non um, those who did not, not serve. Necessarily. Not necessarily. As we should. saw in the... Uh, in the presidential election. It's definitely an advantage. It's disappointing to have two gentlemen in the third presidential debate, neither of whom have mm -hmm. ever put They're on a uniform, uniform for this country, trying to tell us the best way to engage militarily. Amen. All right, back Amen. to our back to the, the third person on the Republican ticket, former director of the ATF, Michael J. Sullivan. He, uh, native of Holbrook, one of seven children, big family. Holbrook, I think. Holbrook, Holbrook. <laughs> Graduated Boston College Are High School. Are you an implant? Are you from Oklahoma? <laughs> I deliver paying you. <laughs> Graduated from BC High, attended BC and Suffolk Law School. Uh, appointed District Attorney of Plymouth County, 1995. The appointed U.S. Attorney the race, from yeah. Massachusetts by President Bush in 2001. He resigned his directorship of the ATF upon President Obama's taking office. Three reputable candidates. And they all, and this isn't something that everyone in, by the way, uh, you need to obtain 10,000 signatures to have Michael gone J. on Sullivan. the ballot. And Michael Sullivan relied entirely upon unpaid volunteers. unpaid volunteers, which speaks highly, in my view, of his grassroots uh, campaign. I think all the candidates are around 20,000 signatures, which is very impressive yeah. in such a short time. Dan Winslow, Rep. Winslow. Uh, I like the man, true conservative. Uh, I think he's almost reminiscent of Scott Brown. Education oh, yes. was same alma mater. I think I would prefer to see uh, uh, 
Mr. Gomez take the the uh, the primary. Now yeah. let me pose something to our more liberal friends, Ryan and Cole. <laughs> Recently, uh, former U.S. Attorney Sullivan has come under fire from Democrats mm -hmm. and leftists for his stance on gay marriage. He stated that he's a traditionalist. And once put under fire, he kind of retreated from that, saying, well, I think it's between a man and a woman. What Do you think that the issue of marriage is a, is a significant issue in this campaign? Honestly, it, it, it kind of disgusts me that we're still debating this, as if it's a great moral issue. This should have been done by now. We should have... We should have completely legislated gay marriage across the country by now. Well, to your case... Wins Representative Winslow and uh, Mr. Gomez do support gay marriage. And Congressman Lynch, although formally opposed, okay, opposed. He, he has said that he, just similar to his abortion stance, he said while he personally opposed it, he's not going to act on any legislation to repeal the Massachusetts law or Roe v. Wade. Really? That, I think that would, that's very important. And Massachusetts, important. as you know, has already legalized same-sex marriage, to your point... But to say that it's not a significant moral issue, really, at this point in time, it's not shared between a man and a woman. I, maybe discussed on the national stage. I don't think it's a prominent issue in the campaign, but I think it is a moral issue. People have to come to is terms it, with is it. Is it? Um, I think the most important issue right now. It should absolutely be absolutely not exactly. No. But so I think as, as Gabriel Gomez, quite honorably on his website under marriage, says I support I don't support discrimination. I oppose, excuse me, discrimination of any kind. Same-sex couples should be free to marry. That's this exactly a, what he wrote. This for is a hearted conservative. Then he will definitely state of Massachusetts. And if he does win the primary, he will definitely have favorability in Massachusetts being a largely Democratic state. But I also think that Sullivan, like you said, his commitment to not acting on legislation on the issues will be... Uh, Respect. I think it's time we finish this gay marriage debate and we move on to more pertinent topics. I think it's honestly, it's a, it's a, at this point in time, it's not a productive use of our time to be We could have a, we could have a more full, more full discussion of this once we. Well, not even we're in, done with not this, even uh, in the confines of this talk show. I mean, as a, as a, as a, as a uh, country, that we're yeah. still debating this like this. All right, fiscal responsibility in Washington. You have the three Republicans, fiscally conservative, spending. Uh, Obviously, we have a spending problem in Washington. You have the president every year, every year in office, submitting a budget that has a trillion dollar deficit. Each year. Each year. And by the way, Mr. Ward, we have a perfect formula. The Republicans of Massachusetts have a perfect formula, guys. You know what we have? Mr. Ryan. We have three <laughs> candidates. For Well, yes, Mr. Ryan. Three candidates coming from the great commonwealth of Massachusetts who are all fiscal conservatives... And socially accepting, with the exception of maybe Sullivan. I don't know. He'll have to clarify his position. But isn't that what the country needs? Isn't that what the country wants? And isn't it true that that's how most people identify themselves? Fiscally conservative, socially accepting. We need... I agree that to that um, point, but they're, how far... How conservative are they, would you say? Based uh, I want to say a that... A Nebraska Democrat. Mm. <laughs> in Nebraska, yeah, um, they're they're Texas Democrats. Yeah, I would say that. So they're mass Republicans, definitely. So what if well dealing in to say? It, yeah, yeah, Richard to say, really, honorable yeah. man, worked. I worked very hard for his campaign. He'll get John Tierney next time. As did I. We'll take him out down the road. Don't yeah. you worry. Rich, uh, Congress. Uh, I would love to say Congressman to say. However. Re state rep and state senator to say 
was the uh, minority leader. He, who I who will be congressman in 2014, let me tell you, Senator <laughs> T- uh, Congressman Tierney. Um, you need We're someone like him. For you. Look out. He is a fiscal conservative by far. You had I attended many debates. And by the way, he's a big Tierney. name candidate that turned down the race. Yeah, another person to who took down. It. Yes. Also, big names, as you alluded to, Cole, uh, the Romneys, both Ann and, and Ted. Ted. And Ann, as Mr. Yep. Ward reminds us, what is she? I, <laughs> I would have liked to see uh, Miss Mrs. Romney. Sorry, Mitt. Maybe for her case, Mitt might have had to stay in La Jolla and sit on the beach with the grandkids, and Ann might have won on her own. I think the <laughs> stigma of the Romney name in Massachusetts would not fare well for her. But also big names who turned down, and this shocked me. And were, I were I, you surprised by former Governor Welds? I was. I, I, I Governor Welds would have been moved nice. And took a job at Mintz Levin, a law firm in Massachusetts. After years of living in New York, and speculation there was that he was going to run for governor. But when he came, I said, "There's no way he's not going to run either for Senate or for governor." And Governor Welds, I was, I was deeply yeah, surprised. When he stepped aside. It was very disappointing. How optimistic would you have been behind? The former governor. Extremely optimistic. I would have supported Governor In my view, the only blemish in his political career was when his ambassador quest to be the ambassador to Mexico did not work out for him under Bill Clinton. Even, it does seem, with all of them declined to run, that the they're not, no one's optimistic of that the Republicans Listen, will win this election. We've got one year. We have got one year. Whoever wins this seat has one year in Washington. We need to focus our efforts on bigger and better things. We need to win back some of these congressional seats. That, frankly, as should be ours. As Congressman Lynch and Congressman Markey, one of them will most likely be the senator from Massachusetts come June. June 25th. June 25th. Yeah, effective immediately. Effective immediately. By the way, the interim for the time being is William Mo Cowan. Cohen. Cohen. The Cohen. former chief of staff or highly ranked Governor staffer DeVolfe for Patrick, Governor Who also DeVolfe. declined on nomination. Now, is this how politics works? Is this inappropriate that the governor would pick somebody from his own staff and how do you feel about barney frank's flamboyant mm. no pun intended quest <laughs> to uh oh, boy. to to obtain the uh no offense seat. congressman frank no offense congressman frank but the fact is you're flamboyant inside and out in everything you do well um not quite sure how to respond to that point um. well i don't mean any disrespect by it but he was going on all these wacko shows msnbc what's that weird uh the woman wacko. i can't stand her the uh oh the pundit uh she was just on last night she uh. was just i oh but anyway people like piers morgan's things like piers that. morgan if you I piers love morgan. Piers message morgan. to piers morgan this is way off topic <laughs> don't you don't like him if you don't like Rachel Maddow, thank yeah. brother Thomas Puccio, the principal of Malden Catholic High School, and his Averian brother just told me it's Rachel Maddow. I'm sure he watches her all the time. Barney Frank was organizing this pledge to become the interim senator. He even got signatures. I think he was too bold, and he probably would have gotten it if he quietly approached Governor Patrick yes. and allowed him time to meditate. Very honorable Governor, Governor mm-hmm. Patrick disregarding his, his outburst at the end. I do respect the governor. Piers Morgan. I want to finish my point on Piers Morgan. If he doesn't like the way things are being run in our he country. He can leave. He can go back our to country, country, by the so way. Many times. Times. I'd love decision. to have him, but he needs to stop being <laughs> I invite all foreign citizens to this country to visit to see how great Isn't it is. Isn't that what discourse is about? Is but if, we have, listen, I, have a right. Piers Morgan. We are an increasingly globalized society. But if Piers Morgan takes it upon himself 
to come to this country and tell and us how government. we should run things. When he's not a citizen, I don't appreciate it. He should stick to his celebrity. He should go back to socialist we'll England. Be, Mr. Ward, I must stop you. We'll chain him up. We'll be right back with more. There you go. Welcome back to There You Go Again. We're going around real quick. Quick really round table. Quick round table. One thing picks, we'll do quick in this entire show. Picks for the Senate election primaries. Cole. With all due respect to Ed Markey, I don't like his uh, legislative approaches, so I'll have to go with Stephen Lynch. And I also, on the Republicans, I would have to go with Gabriel Gomez. Right. I'm also going to go with Gabriel Gomez and Lynch. I like them both as candidates, and I think that would be a great race. Brian? Just to be clear, crystal clear, I am not conforming crystal to anything 99 they say. Clear. Crystal 99 clear. <laughs> That's as clear as it gets. I also support proudly Lynch and Gomez. I'm not saying this just because it seems like I'm with the majority here, as some most politicians act. I'm not a politician. I can say whatever I want. It's a beautiful thing. It should happen more often. But I support Lynch and Gomez proudly. I so wish that I could say well for the Republican candidates, but he let me down. We hope that he, he looks towards it in the future. I'm going to go with uh, Congressman Lynch and... Uh Mr. Gabriel Gomez. All right, well, seems like we have consensus here. Yes. So let's move on to the MBTA budget and the recent uh, shortcomings with that. Two numbers. Budget, two numbers. A $140 million deficit. I have one dollars debt. debt. Unacceptable. All right, what do you propose? This <laughs> is perfectly exemplary of the long-standing Beacon Hill Liberal cronyism. tax and spend, cronyism, stalemate, irresponsibility, and government inefficiency. My proposal, Ryan, to be quite frank and quite upfront with you, Get it out let's of the privatize it. Private Get it out of the hands of government. A government honest, excuse me, a private sector business or enterprise would not be able to function under such circumstances. They would find it, they would deem it intolerable. And it would, it would be an embarrassment to any private sector entrepreneur or business executive worth his yep. salt to as, have those despicable, disgraceful numbers to, to a... As presidential candidate, Republican Party nominee Mitt Romney, Governor Romney, said, if you own a business and you have a debt, you go out of business. It should not be any different in government. Well, I, I have to disagree and say I think we need to keep it as a government-run Okay, so let's keep it government-run. No, I want to hear what he has to say. I have, I I have, say all right, I'll let I him, have, there's, money, there's money there, and we need to find the money. It's there. Oh, yeah. It's in you know, there. How do you, you know where the money is? It's in the three. It's the six-figure salaries for MBTA executives who can't run a business do for their nothing. lives. Me first. That's where it is. State second. Do nothing. Lazy people. Rem, uh, reminding us of John McCain's famous... I will make famous all the me first, big spend, do nothing, country second, liberals in Congress during the, I believe, third debate with President Obama in 2008. But anyway, to cut to the chase. Then Senator Obama. How do you respond to Governor Patrick's proposal of the budget to extend routes to, what does he want to do? Medford and... and Somerville. Okay, is listen, he nuts? Listen, I know, that, I know that the Re People's Republic of Cambridge and Somerville 
are up and coming as yuppie havens. And they want to have these bike trails, and they want to have these bike lanes. Fine, good. I think everyone should ride a bike. It's healthy. Let's move. Go Michelle Obama. But <laughs> come on. We have a $140 million deficit and a $5.7 billion debt. And, and we're talking about extending routes, not cutting, yeah. not liquidating, well, when, not refunding. You know what the solution is? You know what the latest solution is? It's the classic is solution from the MBTA. Talk to talk about what's what the people really care about. A thirty three percent fair hike. You're talking about you're talking about what? two this is, I'm not, I would not propose what? that. We have I'll, teachers wait, at this I, very I school who rely on public transportation. How are they to give you the how about, how to about I go through I need to give you the numbers. Two dollar bus fares, two dollar and sixty cent subway fares, and a dollar twenty five on top of the four dollars for the ride. I seniors how and I, I couldn't even my fathom plan. asking how the I go people through my plan. Here's the plan. First of all, in the the fee hikes, 10% fee hike on top of what they did, that will generate $41 million in revenue. And what so are they going to do with the $41 million in revenue? Put that back into the system. Put it back into and expanding the And that will work smoothly as it has over the so past So let's look years. at the That's deficit from there. $140 million deficit. Started with $2 billion. There's, put so on let's get that $41 million. There's, we're down to 99 now, all right? Okay. Next, we have, I would put the ride up to $5. Let the record disabled that Mr. Ward I'll is conducting go. the mathematical calculation. The ride for $5, premium for $12. That's $3.7 million. That's not much, but it's something. And we need everything we can get. That's true. Right? I'm proud that you're valuing money. Next, Usually we have. So, with I Lewis. would like to the complete the Ooh. sale of East Street to Massport. That's eleven million dollars. That's eleven more on top of that. I would like to have Massport take control of the ferry system. That's sixteen million dollars. Uh, I would like to have the the uh, transit police. The, their responsibility is transferred to the state police. That's thirty six million dollars. Is this your own proposal? This is part of, they have, if, they, if you search um, MBTA budget deficit, they have a calculator you can go in. They, what they would want happen you to, if you did what? They want you to wow, that's make a, your own proposal. That's really cool. going to do that. I, they want I, you to send in your proposal. Now, what, transit what, what, police are great so people. Let me finish that. Let, 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 let me not have a merger no, like no, we did. Hold on. Plan. Ward, I, hear I have the right to make a point. I agree with Ryan, and I'm just interjecting slightly, which is what this show is all about, a point by point. Northeastern and University. And I think that's a brilliant idea. Why don't we have a, a slight merger or employ them under the state so let's police go like through we did here with the, the Let's go through police. here and want to just use this. So actually, we'll find on paper. So next I have the, sh the snow removal funds mm -hmm. that are left over. That's, there's about $7 million that MassDOT's, that's correct, MassDOT, that's who they're in charge of the snow. Yeah, now so it's MassDOT, it's not the RMV. MassDOT's in charge of that. That's around $7 million. So reinstatement of alcohol advertising. They stopped advertising alcohol. That lost $1.5 million. Hmm. Um, if we put up and this is the this is a big one. If we up the vehicle registry fee ten dollars annually, that will that will garner fifty million dollars. Okay, so the vehicle registry fee is what hundred bucks? Yeah. Now? Yes. Okay, so how about making it hundred five? Hundred. That would give us twenty five. Okay. Well, hundred and ten bucks. That's not. Are you going to for think fifty the, million dollars? I think that the Commonwealth. I think that the Commonwealth Sometimes can swallow we have ten to make more the bucks. Decisions, yeah. Ten more bucks instead of riding five times on the. On frankly, frankly disgusting and dilapidated orange line, the green line, anything. Uh, that's another problem. Frankly, 
I think that the Commonwealth could stomach 10 more bucks instead of taking five rides on the orange line. All right, so we're calculating this as we speak. It's an ongoing process. And I am astounded that the MBTA would put such a valuable tool for the people. That's not the MBTA. That's Northeastern University. Northeastern University. I'm so sorry for miscrediting. I, you think I that you think if fine, you think I'll that Beacon Hill is smart enough, I'm not astounded that Beacon Hill and the MBTA would not offer the people something that could actually help them make a case about. I would expect their something. I would expect but something I, from I'm proud that a Boston University, we're in the very hub of not only sports but education and liveliness, that they would propose such a valuable tool for people to use. People should attend the meetings, inform themselves, and make their case. That's definitely a good point. Is if you want to get if you want to get your voice out there. There are 20 available meetings the MBTA is offering to the public. The solution, the, now these 33% fare hikes, weekend service eliminated. I didn't say that, 10% fare hikes. No, 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 I'm not talking about you. I'm let talking me just about the kind of finish my last, oh, the last, last part Let's of the end. Ryan and the last the one that would put us at about even would be a 50% surcharge for large events, which would bring in about $5 million. 50% surcharge for the MBTA for baseball games, hockey games, things of that nature. Okay, well, okay. So you're saying that, say, there was a Stanley Cup game or the Bean You charge 50 that, cents extra for tickets. I would submit to you that the reason why people take the train is because it's cheaper than parking in the uh, scalper. Well, and what about Congress and Markey? So. Wouldn't that uh, <laughs> reduce carbon fuel emissions if we don't have all these oh, yeah, cars he got going that to one. the garden? All right, this is the, this is the proposal from the MBTA today. If yep. the governor's tax hikes, by the way, don't get passed, then they're proposing a 33% fare hike they're proposing an elimination of all weekend services and the ending of service at 11 p.m. on weekdays. See, that, that's not going to work. So that's, that's not going to work, but they will shroud those same costs in a massive tax hike from Governor Deval Patrick that would generate $1.9 billion for transportation. Ryan's going to get realize, the last word You here? realize how drastic that is, a tax hike? Unacceptable. Point taken by I everyone at the table. If we were going to go through word. this plan, we would avoid any cuts. This plan and no yep. cuts at all. Don't have to cut anything. I agree with break you. It I about How about we send it across the governor's desk? Very good. Look, also, all four of us, before the next right. meeting, I want us all to go on that calculator. I want us all to put together a new plan. Right. Very good. And Very next nice. meeting, we'll talk about that. All right. That's... Uh, a point in case that we're a transparent show, we announce you all of our plans. We're not hiding anything here. <laughs> now, also in recent news, very briefly and succinctly, uh, a city councilor, John Conley, has announced that he intends, regardless of Mayor Menino's plans, the lifetime mayor, to seek the office of mayor. Just quick, around, very quickly around the table, what do you think, Mr. Ward? I'm, I'm saying that God bless this man, John Conley, Councilor Conley. Uh, Mayor Menino runs, you're going to lose. So it's good, but it's good to challenge him. Have good it, to challenge have him. A, have a, 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 it might be choice. time for Menino to step away. Uh, Cole, go ahead. I, I would agree that he w- he doesn't really stand much of a chance against Mayor Menino, but I I do like that there is someone else coming because he's dominated for quite Some a long time. Some courage in well, the that, younger yeah, generation. That's how, that's how it has to work. There Ryan, has to you be, concur? Has to be... Uh, I concur. Just to put it shortly, I concur. All right, I concur as well. This is good. he wants it to be about education. It's not going to be the mayor's made great strides education wise. So right. in conclusion, thank you so much for joining us on our first podcast of There You, you Go, go again. again. We made today great strides towards making the city stronger, making the city freer, and we're trying our best to leave, to it leave in her hands. in good hands. So as VP Joey Biden (laughs) informs us, as they say in Southern Delaware, God love love you, one and all. Thank you very much, and God bless America.